today on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Let's face it. People are upset about the pro wrestling they're seeing on TV today. But is it really all that bad? We are pitting today's product against the wrestling of the past head to head. Which will come out on top today or yesterday? Hmm. I don't know, Mike. Whatever do I perform in? <laughs> oh, boy. Let's get into that. But first, we'll look back at Malonis's ROH TV match involving the Bullet Club, then your promo about nothing, and so much more. But really, first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 129, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. Now, he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. He took the bullet from the Bullet Club, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Well, that's just the type of guy I am, Mike. That's just the type of guy I am. Take a bullet for friends. You sacrifice yourself for the greater good. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> what's the what's the saying uh, uh, Simon Dean used about the Pritchard brothers? I take a bullet for Doctor Tom. <laughs> I put one in Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, going to see Bruce soon, huh? Yes. Yes. Are you going to be one of the Dirty Dozen? You going to pay a hundred bucks? No, I have a seminar and a show that night. Uh, although I probably would have if I didn't. <laughs> Playboy's going to be there. He will be there. He will be there. Three dozen? Uh, no, no. Of course not. Okay. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, that could be a very uh, that could be a very eventful day because Mike, I was also able to score four tickets to a potential ALCS Game Seven at Fenway Park. So if uh, if that goes down, whew, that could be quite the eventful day for me. When are we meeting up? <laughs> well, Mike, for a nominal fee. You too can be in attendance for uh, an ALCS game seven if if one were to happen. Uh, well, thank <laughs> you for the consideration. No, remember you uh, you abandoned me. That's one of the things we used to do together. Uh, go to Red Sox games occasionally, like what two three times a year, and uh, you abandoned me on that too. Just like the Marvel movies, all our traditions flushed down the toilet. You see Venom? I did not. It's not really a Marvel movie, but I did not. I still haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> oh Jesus! See. Well, last week, you've seen Seinfeld, right? Yes. Last week, we did our Ask Malonis Anything or Mike, and we recast Seinfeld with professional wrestlers. That was thanks to Kelsey from Super Kicking It with Kelsey. She approves of our picks, but I'm really second-guessing Kurgan as Kramer. <laughs> really? I. Well, you didn't have anything better. Uncle Fred! <laughs> That's stunk. Shockmaster makes an entrance like no other, yeah. just like Kramer. I think it's stunk. I think that is perfect. Much more than Kurgan. Well, it's too late now. You locked it in. You turned your key. <laughs> I did turn my key. Uh, PW, Peter Winson, he is at GF Allentown Pod on Twitter. He said that your Seinfeld character is Franklin Delano Romanowski. 
Uh, and I thought PW was above fat jokes. And he said that I was Kenny Banya. <laughs> you are kind of annoying. <laughs> You're huge. <laughs> <laughs> I am huge. <laughs> also, Mike Mills, speaking of the AMA we did last week, he said, did at Croc Sox really say as a weekend warrior he was lucky to never bruise his palm while making a three count? And he said it with a straight face. I was, I'm, I'm embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for you. I'm embarrassed for your family. Uh, no doubt you're probably living on the streets at this point because now the whole world has heard you make this proclamation. So uh, no doubt your wife has kicked you to the curb. And the question was about refereeing and oh referee-related injuries. I think it was Dave in Antwerp on the OVP Facebook group. And... That's and you came on here and talked about slapping the mat a few times over the course of a weekend and it bruising your arm. Some bruising involved. Jesus. Yes. Oh my god. Painful. Painful. Imagine uh, going to work Monday morning like that. Do you have no shame? <laughs> I gotta type on that keyboard and I get that bruised palm. Uh bruised palm probably the ruin just Saturday night too. At least sure. back in those days. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Saturday night, that's when ROH TV usually airs around the country in most places anyway. Yeah. Not not here in New England. It's on <laughs> Wednesdays at 3 p.m. or whatnot. Or you get early access, though. To you the, sure uh... do. But uh, your appearance, you, Beer City Bruiser, and Silas Young versus the Bullet Club, Cody and the Young Bucks, last week on ROH TV, main eventing the show. How'd you feel about it? You've watched it back. We watched it back here this evening before we uh, recorded. How are you feeling about it? Still? Six and a half stars. Wow. Yeah. Six and a half stars, I think. Unbelievable. You know. I mean, if it was in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> Is that what your friend gave it over on that website? I don't know. My friend. I don't I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the, the one that always buries me? That yeah. One? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't even look at it. I'm assuming I'm assuming you probably talked about the Bullet Club carrying me or something. Took down a couple <laughs> notches. Probably. Probably talked about how they worked extremely hard to make me not look like a bad professional wrestler or whatever his normal nonsense is. Well, thank God you took the pen because, you know, <laughs> someone was very upset before that you didn't take a pin in one of the matches. <laughs> yes, they were. So that was for you, jerk face. And as you revealed that you're I mean, you're the one that's not officially under an ROH deal. Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone's going to take the pin, I guess. Hey, take the pin. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, do that, me a personal favor. Yeah, that's what Cody Rhodes said to me. He's like, <laughs> do me a personal favor. Take the pin. So, take any, the pin. So, why did you let Bruiser fall right in front of you on that dive? What are you talking barely about? Barely made contact with him. What are you talking he about? He barely made contact with you. You barely made contact with him. That big dive he did to the floor. That the Bruiser made to the floor? Yes. What do you mean? You were barely, you like, he fell at your feet. He landed on all of us. Uh, he barely touched you. Oh, my God. I, I suppose he was aiming to not touch you because you're well, his Of course, because we're tag team partners, yeah. Mike. Okay. It's called psychology. Why don't you look it up? <laughs> you're too busy nursing your fake injuries. Uh, that bruise. <laughs> it's, it's finally, it's finally, the swelling's and, finally And you're down. looking at your left arm, as uh, describing here, and you've oh. never counted with your left arm a day in your life. Well, I'm ambidextrous. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, ROH, uh, you think this thing's going to go anywhere i don't know we'll see i mean we get another big opportunity by the time this uh oh no 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 that will be this coming friday i was thinking thinking like a week ahead uh for some reason but yeah no this coming friday uh glory by honor you can watch it live on honor club mike don't be a dirtbag uh just go sign up for honor club honorclub.com rhwrestling.com and go uh get yourself a subscription you can watch glory by honor you can watch the bouncers 
the Kingman Brian Malonis, the Beer City Bruiser, in a non-title match. Wait, it's on, non-title? It's non-title, but, you know, you go in, you beat the champs, especially if you beat them in their hometown, probably going to earn yourself a championship opportunity down the line. Wait, did Charity get beat in a non-title match? <laughs> Multiple uh, non-title opportunities for the bouncers. Oh. Who do you know? In the uh, upper echelon of free water <laughs> management. I know a few people. <laughs> <laughs> so things are happening. Moving in and shaking. Yeah. Uh, going back to this match, how many super kicks do you think that you took? Did you count? It was a good five or six. A lot of them were double super kicks from both the Bucks. Yeah, something like that. We so just, you, I mean, we literally just watched it. I, I should have counted, shouldn't I have? It wasn't, I have that it wasn't that many. I thought it was two doubles and one single. Okay, uh, and then the super kick, double super kick into the crossroads, which you pointed out you took beautifully. I did. And uh, one, two, three. That silky smooth footwork. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so big things still on the horizon. Big things are coming, Mike. Big things. So there, there is the match on Friday in Baltimore, and then you're heading back to Philly on, on Saturday. S- on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday excuse Philly. me. Yes, Saturday. Saturday, I'll be in lovely Baltimore. I won't be... Uh, Saturday, you, you'll be avoiding your friend's wedding. <laughs> well, no, he didn't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> A guy who has donated so much of his time to this podcast. Ugh. <laughs> it's only you know what i didn't invite him to my wedding it's only right that i don't go to his <laughs> i suppose it's very so. fitting all these years later well you gonna wish him well no you send in a gift yeah of course oh, okay i'm not a cheapskate like you <laughs> was he gonna get an iou letter no come on i've already uh given him plenty <laughs> what are you gonna give him a coupon to crackpot podcast Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> got to get him on board. <laughs> He's got a future, that guy. Uh, all right. Yeah, you wait. I know what you're going to do. You're going to make a donation in his name to the human fund. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Money for people. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> a great idea. Uh, all right. BrianMalonis.com. That's another great idea. You came up with that name for the website. Well, I didn't come up with it. My parents did. Oh, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> you added the dot .com, though. <laughs> yes, yes. And you want people to go there to buy your t-shirts, buy your wares. To make a purchase, please. Thank you. Uh, If you buy a t-shirt, you will get a t-shirt. You don't get a call from you? (laughs) No. Everyone's doing that these days. (laughs) All of my call lists will be pretty short these days. Oh, no. (laughs) We could probably have a 45-minute conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Buy a t-shirt. You will notice to become best friends. (laughs) No, I'm not calling people. I don't do that. He barely texts. <laughs> Please, you oh. should talk. <laughs> Up until like two hours ago, I didn't even know what time we were doing this. Oh, boy. VWPAN.com. That is our website. T-H-E-W-P-A-N.com. Good thing you spelled that out. Yes. So go there for... Go there to see uh, how to subscribe to the wrestling podcast about nothing. I thought you were going to say go there for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> for crying out loud. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast. It's right there through the website. Also, go to see our bios. Read up on us. Nudes. I haven't even gotten to the photos yet. <laughs> Sorry. I no new photos on. yet. No new <laughs> and no nudes. Damn it. We'll see what we can do coming up. Uh, putting Over Podcasts, that is the Facebook group. Go to Facebook, put in the search bar, Putting Over Podcasts. Join us, talk about all wrestling podcasts there. Come be part of the group and chit-chat about the wrestling. Okay, Brian, today or yesterday, we're pitting them head-to-head. Wrestling from the past, wrestling from the present. 
Now, you have a certain stake in what's going on currently in the wrestling scene as you are. You're out there, and you're loving. Yeah, I'm loving every minute yeah, of it. that yeah. whole thing. Well, what are you? What are you down on Seinfeld bits? I know <laughs> we've we've said that numerous times. So oh, okay, excuse me. It's good now. <laughs> it was good then. It was good yesterday. <laughs> and it was good today. <laughs> it's a smart joke, and smart people will get it. Yes, they will. All right. So Kingpin, a lot of people out there are down on today's wrestling, and some of the wrestling on TV it can get monotonous. There's a lot of it. A whole lot of it out there. In fact, there was a whole four hours this weekend. And you're watching a lot of it, right? (laughs) A lot of people not watching it these days. A lot of people dreading watching it. I was one of the first to jump off the ship. A lot of people followed me out. I was a trendsetter in that regard, Brian. (laughs) So naturally, you started a uh, wrestling podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Talking about all of wrestling. The past, the present, you cover the present more than I do. I did watch wrestling tonight. You did. That's like probably the first match of mine you've seen in years. What was that? 20 minutes? Mark it down. 15, 16, something like that. But the wrestling on TV, that is not the only wrestling out there. The indie scene is busting, Jerry. It's busting. There's so much out there outside of WWE. It's a lot. It's good. <laughs> yes, I agree. I concur. But on the other hand, we have... The wrestling we grew up with, the wrestling from the past, it's going to be hard, I think, to talk about today as compared to the stuff we grew up with because it's it's ingrained in you. It's hard to divorce yourself as a kid from, from the wrestling you watched. It's kind of, you know, it takes you back to being a child. Yeah, it's the reason why we got into it. We loved it so much and were, were so inspired that we decided to pursue this. Well, we'll try to separate ourselves as children from the wrestling in the past, and we'll try to be impartial when we do this thing. So what we're going to do is we have nine different categories, Brian, nine different categories, and we are going to pit today versus yesterday, and we're going to come up with a consensus whether it is better today or better yesterday. Are you ready? I'm ready, Mike. All right, let's get into this. Access of wrestling. Like WWE access? (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) No, that's too many X's in that one. (laughs) This is A-C-C-E-S-S. The ability to get wrestling. This one, I guess, will pretty clearly be today. But, I mean, in the past, I remember looking through TV Guide, and you'd see... All this wrestling all over the place. A lot of these channels I couldn't get. We had like the basic cable package in my parents' <laughs> house. But there was a lot of TV uh, wrestling on TV. There's less on TV, less variety on TV, I would say. But when it comes to the internet, there's just so much wrestling out there. Yeah, I mean, WWE Network, Honor Club, uh, New Japan streaming service. Um, the uh, I think High Spots has like their own network. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyond Wrestling. Uh, yeah, Powerbomb TV. Uh, and then that's, we're not even talking about YouTube yet. There's just just an, an insane amount of ways to consume wrestling. I, I forget what the, whatever the WWN thing was that failed <laughs> miserably. They had they, they had a streaming service for a while there. Yeah. So it's, it's just, yeah. I mean, there's any, any moment, any day, any time, you can pull up pretty much anything you want to see in wrestling. But there was, in the past, I remember I watched 
some IWCCW. There was UWF, World Class, actually played in the Boston area on, on ESPN when I was growing up. You had uh, the Legends boom, of World boom, Class boom, Championship boom, Wrestling. Boom, 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 yes. Boom. And also uh, Global Wrestling Federation. The afternoons when I came home from school, five days a week, you had Global Wrestling Federation. I mean, in the beginning, it was kind of cool. There's a lot of guys, but <laughs> very very quickly, they filtered out after the initial tournament to crown the first North American heavyweight champion, I believe, that uh, the Patriot won. After that, a lot of guys cleared out pretty quick, and it got uh, a little monotonous, and it was tough to fill five hours of wrestling a week, <laughs> but it was entertaining all the same. There was access to a good amount of wrestling if you looked out for it, but it's hard to argue well, yeah, it was you had to find it when it was on and watch it when it was on. Now, right. I mean, you don't have to watch Raw on Monday nights. You can, you can watch it on Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, whatever you want to do. Or never. <laughs> <laughs> you just DVR it and watch it. I mean, you, you even the even the new stuff, like you don't even have to watch live when it's on TV. So, I mean, it's just at your fingertips 24-7. So I think we can basically call this for today. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a runaway. So for access to wrestling, pretty clearly, that goes to today's wrestling. All right, let's move on to characters. Characters, as Mr. Imus would say. That reference is... Lost in you, Private Parts, the yeah. movie? I, I know who Don Imus is, but I, yeah, I don't. I, I never... Pig Vomit to. is actually the one who said characters. Oh, okay. How it does new characters, like Mr. Imus. Captain Frank. I've seen the movie. Let's move right, on. Let's move on. <laughs> characters. Now... It's going to be tough for this one because you think yesterday, you think of all the great characters, the Ultimate Warrior, Ravishing Rick Rude, uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, <laughs> all the Jesus. greats What's wrong with you? growing up. Today's wrestling, though, there are some good characters. you got your Joey Ryan out there. Um, famous dick wrestler. <laughs> famous dick Dick Justice. Yeah, Speaking of the famous dicks. Famous dick wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Shockwave the robot. Sure. <laughs> oh, tell me what else is out there for characters in today's pro wrestling. What about a buddy of ours, retrosexual Anthony Green? He's doing it. Yeah, doing it live. He sure is. <laughs> Mark Sherman. We got the Platinum Honeys with them. Yeah, I mean, there, there are characters out there, but there, there's really been a shift away from characters i mean even when i think about um and i don't know if ag listens to this podcast or not but when i think about him he does the character he looks the part does all that but then he doesn't really wrestle anything that would make me think about that character once he actually starts wrestling you know he kind of you know but when i think like joey ryan incorporates his character into his wrestling his character being that he has very strong penis (laughs) he sure does um but yeah, I, I think when you think about characters in pro wrestling, this is not the character era. This is, um, I don't know, the reality era. <laughs> I don't know what do we call this. You know, what, what's the name of this era? I mean, for me, this is kind of like the access one, but the other way around. Uh, for me, I think the past wins this by a mile because I mean, even you think of characters of the past, it's not even just guys with gimmicks. When you think about like a Ric Flair. You know, he doesn't have like a gimmick name or the nature boy, but he didn't, you know, like he doesn't have like a gimmicky name, like the ultimate warrior or, you know, the big boss man or something like that. Uh, But you could describe his character to a T right now, even though you have no clue what a nature boy is. (laughs) Right. Right. We've talked about that in the past. But it's hard to 
because in the era of kayfabe, you don't know, you didn't have social media, so you didn't know what Ric Flair was doing. You don't know Ric Flair really can't spell and types in all capitals on his Twitter. <laughs> but So you don't have access to these guys 24-7 to know what's going on. Ric Flair may be a bad example because he apparently was the nature boy 24-7. Could you imagine if, uh, social media and all this shit existed when Ric Flair was doing what he was doing? <laughs> He'd be in... Uh, deep doo-doo i think with one of his wives or all of them i would say so there's no case you can make you think for i mean what's a great uh, joey ryan is one but any other great characters from today's wrestling Ooh, i don't know because a lot of these guys like even the guys at the top of the wwe card i mean bray wyatt bray wyatt's a character that's right. a great that's a great character matt hardy matt hardy's recent you know the you know the broken matt hardy character woken whatever <laughs> that was a great character but those are fewer and far in be, you know in between than they than they once were it was they they were characters littered up and down the, every roster and of every major wrestling promotion and do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing the way that it has shifted today into more of a especially on the indies a more of a work rate based thing rather than character based I think it, there needs to be more balance with it today. I don't know if I'd classify it as bad. I just think there are those who are, will argue this, but then somebody goes out and tells a really good story with a good guy and a bad guy, and the fans get completely lost in it. You know what I mean? Like it, that still happens very regularly, specifically at the WWE level. You know, there's seventy thousand people in a stadium. They get caught up with the stories and the characters and things of that nature. And um, same thing happens in Ring of Honor. Same thing happens on the Indies. Somebody goes out, tries to tell a story, good guy, bad guy. And it still gets over today. Um, you know, you don't get the "this is awesome" or both these guys or whatever stupid chant that the, you know is indicating that the fans know this is fake and their people are just putting on an exhibition. You know, but I, I think it needs more balance. If I had to say today, I will. I would say that the Undertaker did an out of character interview recently and talked about how if you're a character, if you're more character based you get away with doing a lot less as a wrestler and you can wrestle to 50 whatever years old. But yeah, but that's, I mean, that's a different mentality too. Like the guys of today would be like, well, that's a lazy mentality and, and not thinking about the fact, no, it's not a lazy mentality. It's just very rough on your body. And yeah, you know, the, the, like the guys of today are not going to be around as long as, I mean, you're going to just see guys flame out very quickly. You know, the, the, the guys of today that are taking all these crazy bumps and doing all this crazy bullshit, they're not going to be around into their 40s and 50s. It's like X-Pac said recently where, you know, you could tell these guys to slow down, to save their bumps, to, you know, take care of their bodies. But those same older guys came and said that to me and I ignored it. And when I go and tell them, they ignore it. And that's just how it's going to be. It takes you like <laughs> years and years to figure out. I mean, and just living through pain to be able to figure out how to do a little less and extend your career but it takes yeah it takes years to get to that point we just see a lot of it i mean <laughs> i will say sometimes we lose sight of the fact that you know it's entertainment and it's supposed to be like you're supposed to be able to get up the next morning and move you know <laughs> like yeah, that's the goal you know is to put on this entertaining show and walk out of it feeling okay right and my arm just the Holy next day shit. is just yeah. Brutal. Let's amputate it right now. Let me get a knife. <laughs> get a let me get a let me get a spoon. rusty old knife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So characters, we're gonna give this one to yesterday. Yeah, I don't even think it's close. Put the uh, word out there to more characters in wrestling, please. 
Please. Yes, like the kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about variety. And right before we hit record, we discussed the word variety. It's a yeah. variety of wrestling, I, I would I would say. At first, I thought it was I initially thought you you had meant variety of like the what the perform the, of the performers, but this makes sense too. There is more variety out there, especially again. Lucha Libre has always existed in Mexico. Japanese, you know, style has always existed in Japan. The European style has existed in Europe. But you know, it was hard to come by and see this stuff. But now, again, with the access that you have today, you're able to see this variety of wrestling, and so many more guys are incorporating it into their styles. Um, that a lot of the a lot of the styles from different places in the world are all kind of mixing together and becoming this this hybrid thing. Uh, and a lot of that is because of the access. So I, I would say. The variety's probably always been there, but now you can actually experience the variety. It's kind of like the beginning of US, UFC, where the first UFC events, there was the wrestler guy versus the kickboxing guy. It was the sumo versus you know the boxer. But eventually, people figured out that the more styles that you're able to incorporate, the more well-rounded fighter you would be. So eventually, UFC just became guys that could do stand-up, could do you know uh, the groundwork and everything in between. So that's kind of how wrestling has evolved as well. Yeah, yeah, and we live in this very small, <laughs> this very small world now. So uh, I mean, if you you were sitting at your computer right now, which you are. You could watch a match from Mexico, then you could immediately watch a match from Japan. You could immediately watch a match from England, and then follow it up with a U.S. match. I mean, that's access almost—the the ability to watch all this stuff. But the variety of actual wrestling back in the day and the territory system, one territory to another, there was a variety. Like the one territory would be a tag team territory. Like New York would be a babyface territory uh you know something like mid-atlantic will be more of a heel territory where the heel is always on top and the babyface is always chasing i mean there there was a lot of variety in the old days too are the days that we grew up in yeah so so which way are you leaning mike here which way which way are you leaning because i feel like i i've uh, i've directed the ship on the first two here so where which way are you leaning I mean, you kind of got me convinced about today. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, Lucha, Lucha Libre has always been around. You're right. Well, but all these things have been around. It was just like, as a kid growing up, I just awareness. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't freaking know what Lucha Libre was until like WWE would randomly bring in. Like, there was like that point in the '90s where they would randomly bring in like. I think it was guys from CMLO, maybe. Right. And and I was like, whoa, what the hell is AAA? This? I think. Or, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. But they, you know, what like, whoa, what the hell is this? Like, I didn't even know what they were doing. Like, it made it made no sense to me <laughs> watching right. it as a kid. I was so confused. Yeah, I think it, it's a it's a matter of when you were in a territory as a child, you really didn't have variety because you didn't know what else existed unless you were a diehard and got the magazines. Yeah. You didn't really know there was such a variety out there. Today, everyone knows. I mean, the, I, th- I think about being a kid, too, and you think about, we talked about the characters and stuff, and WWE was this character-driven model where I, the reason why I, I like WWF more than I like, like the NWA and World Championship Wrestling, uh, the program, I guess, probably from you know when I was a kid, yeah, uh, and, and then late, obviously, it became the company. But was I thought it was kind of boring. Like I thought the matches and stuff were boring. I thought some of the guys were boring. Obviously, the certain guys stood out: Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, Sting. Those Do you guys. watch those WWF house shows? <laughs> Do you watch primetime wrestling? 
I <laughs> uh, see. I, I not a ton on primetime wrestling because twenty minutes of SD Jones versus <laughs> friggin' Jose Luis Rivera. Oh, primetime wrestling. I'm pretty sure it was on at nine o'clock, and uh, I was just a young fella. Oh, well, I was uh, a little older, up until I guess. that up until that point. So maybe the last couple of years of primetime, I saw more, you know, more stuff. But even then, that was like violating violating bedtime <laughs> <laughs> so variety of wrestling i think i've convinced myself that it's today just because we're aware of all this variety it's today <laughs> it certainly is so so <laughs> why, far, did, why did we not get that ready we could have had to see if you use the damn mixer you could have had that you could have had that ready to go every time we chose today today <laughs> we'll no, it's Sunday night. <laughs> we're not going to work that in. Yeah, there's no editing going on in this thing. So we're two to one in favor of today so far. Okay. And let's move on to <laughs> perhaps a delicate subject for you, Brian. Wrestling fans. Oh, boy. I love the wrestling. No. <laughs> <laughs> I do love wrestling fans. The fans of today or the fans of yesterday? Well, everything has an evolution, right? And I guess it's a matter of, you know, the destruction of kayfabe. Do you prefer not knowing, you know, in the 80s and whatever? Or do you prefer the more smart, sophisticated wrestling fan of today? I don't. Are we more smart and sophisticated? Or are people just able to go online and, you know, instantly... Twitter their reactions, and I, the one thing I will say, people confuse today with <laughs> they get, they get up, they see something that upsets them, like in their mind, it's because the company isn't in tune with what they want, and they're not giving them what they want. When in reality, it's like then no, you got worked. The company wanted you to be upset there. You know, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I think there's confusion on that. It's like this is supposed to be a story. This is. Could you imagine if people reacted the same way to like plays? That you know that they that they do wrestling. It'd be like after Act Two when the you know when the when the protagonist is at their at their lowest you know point. People, just, this is this is stupid. This is garbage. They're so out of touch with with what the audience really wants. You know? Walking out. Yeah, yeah. It's, Throwing their playbill up in the air, <laughs> hitting the bricks. <laughs> it's just it's just so silly. It's like to me, it's. Uh, you know, if you read 300 pages of a, of a novel and got all pissed off and instead of finishing the novel and seeing where the story ultimately went, you went online and bitched and pissed and moaned about it, how you're never going to finish that book, and then immediately went back and started reading the book again. But don't you prefer to kind of get a little peek behind the curtain, especially, you know, before you got into professional wrestling? Didn't you go and search all this stuff, go to Scoops Wrestling I'm, all this I'm, stuff? I'm perfectly okay with that. That That is totally fine. I, I do the same thing with Marvel movies. I don't know. I don't like spoilers, but I like, you know, I like to get some of the backstage scoops and that type of stuff. And But at the same time, when I'm watching the movie, I'm not, like, critiquing it. I'm completely lost in the fact that, you know thanos versus the avengers and like it completely consumes me and that's the element of it that pisses me off that people just never allow themselves like it's it's okay i'm not expecting people to honor kayfabe and and under you know and like like that, that that's not what i'm looking for it's okay that we know that it's a show and that it's a performance i know when i watch a television show it's the same i know when i watch a movie it's the same for pro wrestling for whatever reason Having that knowledge has ruined people's ability to just get lost and watch what's happening and see where the story takes you. 
but Brian, these are your fans. These are your people. <laughs> they are, and I and and I, and this is for your. This is for their own good. This is just. I I tweeted it out a while ago. Just like watch wrestling like you did when you were ten. You know what I mean? Like just. Watch the story. Get lost in the story. What or get lost in the match. Don't don't sit there and worry about, you know, my execution of one of my moves. Just watch the story we're telling in the match. You know what I mean? Like stop trying to critique the wrestling. You know what I mean? Like that that's the part that that really drives me fucking crazy. Like stop trying to critique every match. Just watch it. Just watch it. And, and if it, if it didn't entertain you, then they probably, they probably didn't do a good job. But people don't even give themselves the opportunity to be entertained because they're watching it from the jump, which just like they're looking for something. You know, oh, they told a good story and they built it. This it's like, why why are you watching it like that? Watch it just like to be entertained. So we're talking about the fans of yesterday, and I don't want to romanticize being a fan growing up and let that give us the rose-colored glasses and just say that being a fan in the past is much better than being a fan today. I don't want to just think, uh, you know, the thoughts of being a little kid, getting up on Saturday morning and having that color our opinions here. Are we sure that we're saying that being a fan and not knowing what the hell's going on, just turning on the TV and getting engulfed in it for 60 minutes a week that's better than knowing this behind the scenes stuff knowing like the you know what happened with the montreal screw job what the hell's going on here we have access to know no i'm I, that's not what i'm saying at all cuz i think that's perfectly fine again you you know you know that chris evans plays captain america right i mean like you you know this you know you've seen him actually fucking play other roles has that ever ruined one of the Marvel movies for you? Have you sat there the entire time and just instead of focusing on the dialogue of the movie and where the story is taking you, have you been actively critiquing his performance as Captain America the entire time? The first time I saw him, I screamed at the screen, that's the guy from Not Another Teen Movie! <laughs> but so so you, you've sat through all these Marvel movies through all these years and every actor, you're not just watching, you're not watching the movie to be entertained, you're watching it to critique the performance. Well, the switch from Terrence Howard to uh, the other guy kind of threw me off. Because that's, that's, that's the difference to me. People aren't watching to be entertained. People are watching to critique. It's two different purposes going into watch. You can know all this backstage stuff. Uh, you can have everything be the same. Just when you watch it, don't watch it to break down the match from an from a analytical standpoint of match structure and execution of moves and blah, 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 blah. Just watch it to be entertained. And if, it, if you didn't like it, then that again, that's your indication of like, oh, that probably wasn't a really good match. That that, that board me, I wasn't entertained by that match. So overall, as a, a group of fans, the fans stay not just those, uh, you know, not those just just those guys yapping on Twitter, and the fans from the '80s, from our youth. Are you going with the fans of yesterday? I'm going with the fans of yesterday. I have to agree. <laughs> I need to see it my way. <laughs> I have to agree. All right, Brian. That one goes to yesterday. Financial viability. What do you say today versus yesterday? Well, I, I know I know where our good friend Mike Mills falls on this because he says it to me all the time about, well, if this were you know whatever in the territory days, you'd be earning a living right now as a Sheldon Goldberg said it as well. <laughs> Yeah, but what's that living? You know what I mean. For the people look at it and they see, they see the guys who are on top who are making, 
you know, the even the wrestling business was still a very top heavy business. You had the top guys eating up most of the salary, and then everybody else was getting by, type of thing. And that's kind of what happens today. You get the top guys, uh, everybody in WWE, and, and we'll, you know, and, and the top guys in Ring of Honor and Impact. They're all making, you know, enough to have very good livings. Everybody else who, you know, is making enough to quote unquote be a pro wrestler only is, is really just scraping by. Is it just a lot of it is just depends on what your threshold of what a good living is. But it's to me it's no different than the promotions of yesteryear. <laughs> and I would say I would argue that the health of wrestling companies today is much better than the health of wrestling companies back then, as evidenced by the fact they all went out of business. WCW, the second most successful wrestling promotion in the United States, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, seemingly to the untrained eye, <laughs> has been around less time than two major promotions in the United States right now. How can you say, I mean, every area had their own WWF, essentially, had their own promotion, top to bottom, everyone, full-time jobs. You're just romanticizing that, though. How is it any different than the indies today? Because the indies, like you said, there's you know a certain level of guys that make money to live. And back then, everyone could live off the money. There's a lot of people living off it today. But again, what's your standard of living? If uh, you know, you're just a wrestler and that's all you're doing... You know, and these guys are also so okay. So then, what you want to talk about? These guys were wrestling six days a week and making probably less than what these guys are doing on the weekends. Money is different. There's a thing as inflation. Even with inflation, I'd say. Show me. (laughs) Show me some spreadsheets. (laughs) I don't see spreadsheets. I don't. I don't buy this. That the fact that guys today are making more money overall than the guys did in the territory days. Again, you're talking, again, you compare the the territory days, but again, you're also talking about, you know, a lot of guys have gotten romanticized from those eras when really a lot of these guys were regional stars and that exists today where there's regional stars. But even ignoring that, going to WWE, would you say there are more people making a ton of money in WWE today than in the WWF back when we were growing up? Today. Yes. Well, I'm saying uh, absolutely. Rel- I'm saying the relative, relatively, you know, with inflation, and whatnot. Yeah, I'd, I'd, there's I think, one I'd one think... guy in the '80s, Hulk Hogan, to you know, Cena, Reigns. There's a number of guys, Undertaker, who you know barely wrestles, R- Randy Orton, uh, a ton more guys that make top tier money today. Yeah. Right. Is that, are we agreeing and we're not even realizing it? Well, today, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were arguing that, that it was better yesterday. I thought I did, too. I don't know. I'm so confused right now. Are you are you like are you trying to like like do some sort of Jedi mind trick right now and just mind fuck me? I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm arguing that the financial health of the wrestling industry today is much better than it was at any point in time ever. Okay, <laughs> that that easy. You just you just confuse yourself. Did you did you have did you just have an aneurysm? By the way, what happened? I may have today. <laughs> Financial viability. Let's go with that. <laughs> All right, Brian. The mystique of professional wrestling. 
This is going to be tough to argue. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm not even going to pretend to try to argue today for this one because the, I don't think there is any mystique, really. Yeah, everybody knows everything. Yeah. And that is something that is missing today. Today! <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it is missing today. I mean, it, again, you, I didn't know what Hulk Hogan did in his off time. And now I do know what Hulk Hogan does in his off time. Ooh. He goes to the beach all the time. Well, and, like, <laughs> Jesus. and he does other stuff, too. <laughs> says uh, things oh boy here we go <laughs> but there are times in today's wrestling where the wool gets pulled over your eyes there are surprises people get pissed about it well people get upset about it but yeah. and, and deep down they they want to be surprised they want a little something that uh they want to be surprised as long as it's what they want yeah <laughs> so it's really hard to argue that the mystique uh, of yesterday is at all equaled today yeah i think i think it's uh they're very few i mean i think i think one guy that still does kind of bring the mystique to pro wrestling although i was, I was very disappointed that he did a uh did a shoot interview even though he's done them in the past he hasn't done them in a long time was the undertaker because i still feel like he did have like a mystique about him well it wasn't him that was interviewed it was booger red <laughs> wasn't the undertaker but yeah he i mean he even doesn't even go to like the hall of fame and things like that no, yeah. What a great deal he probably gets. He, he probably loves that, I bet. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the mystique clearly goes to yesterday and uh, with good reason. Let's move on to work rate. Work rate. The wrestling itself. Today versus yesterday. Well, why don't you kick it off? Because, I, I mean, it, it depends. You know, I, I think, I'll let you kick it off. I have lots of thoughts on this. I would say clearly today's wrestling is more exciting. Going back to primetime wrestling, watching those 20-minute matches with Dino Bravo and Don Morocco, no one is getting excited over that, especially Michael Quinn, but no one is getting excited over a match like that. Today's wrestling, faster-paced, unbelievable stuff out there. Some of it maybe a little too crazy uh some of it could be reeled in a little bit but today's professional wrestling you're out there you're seeing it it's nuts and it's just stuff that you've never even thought of in your head it's just the work could slow down a little bit yes they could be a little more methodical there could be a little more psychology involved here and there but overall i would say it's a much more exciting product, professional wrestling today, than yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the, and the fans' expectations have changed as well. I mean, yeah, in those days too. Again, you're talking about you're talking about the primetime wrestling days. I mean, in those days, those guys were working seven days a week, twice on Saturday, twice on Sunday. So, I mean, they they couldn't go out and have these matches nine times a week. So they had to work some rest holds and yeah. sit in some things, or they would have they'd have been done in like a month. I mean, think of how messed up all of them are physically, you know. But the ones that are still around, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, think of the toll it took on. I mean, the 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 drug problem and things of that nature. I mean, people, you know, it's easy to these guys are drug addicts and this and that. But look at the freaking schedule they had. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. And people look at the touring schedules today, where they come to New England, they're in New England, they're in Boston, they're in Worcester, they're in Manchester. Like they, they do this little loop. That wasn't the way it was then. It was they'd be in Denver, then they'd be in Columbus, Ohio, and then and then they'd right. be in Texas, and they'd come back to New York, like all on like back to back to back days. So the wrestling of yesterday, you're saying 
it's a more boring style, but I mean, because there yeah, was it is it's a, it's a much slower style. It's it's especially when you think about the WWE. It's, it's some of the hokey stuff that just that doesn't fly today. Ah, oh, one more of these. Uh, <laughs> ah, you want me to hit them like that baloney, you know? But at the same point, though, psychologically, uh, a lot of times those matches might have made a little more sense than some of the matches <laughs> you see today, depending yeah. on where you look. Yeah, absolutely. You get like when I mean, you get the. You know the guys waiting for somebody to jump on them, or the, I saw that today watching. Uh, <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> the moves where two or three guys are climbing up, and they and they're clearly working with each other to set up this acrobatic move that they're going to do. Yeah. You know, there's lots of that stuff. So, yeah, some of it doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, um, but the athleticism and um, that nature of it is off the charts better than it was way back when. So you're gonna say. Today's wrestle. Oh, I mean, come on, you're out there. <laughs> yeah, because I think I mean back in the back in the '80s, I would have been expected to work a very bland style. Never bump the whoa, <laughs> you know. Never show. You did do a little of that in the ROH match. I did, yeah, but, I was all, but that's all I would have been doing. I was I'm able to show my athleticism now, where I don't think that like I probably would have been, you know, as I as I have been at times criticized for. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. You're a monster. What are you doing? You know, like you should bump once in the match and it should be at the end. It should be at the very end and say, you know, like that stuff. Overall, today's wrestling, a much more dynamic. Yeah, I think the, the actual when you talk about the physical style of it. Yeah, it's it's better. It's better today. Would Mike Mills say the same thing? Absolutely not. He wouldn't. I mean, he does still. I mean, he made sure to point out the last time we had him on that he watches Ring of Honor. He enjoys the product. He watches a lot of today's stuff. But you think he'd still say the work rate of the '80s? Uh, yeah, because Mike has a different mindset a little bit, and again, it's your expectation going in. Like for me, I I I love watching older stuff, and I could still enjoy that. And psychology wise, it probably makes a hell of a lot more sense. And that's probably the aspect that like somebody like Mike sits there and thinks about, where people tried to tell stories and have things make sense. Where today it's more about the athleticism, and there's not there's a whole bunch less selling. But when you're talking about work rate, quote unquote work rate, the word you're using there, which to me is the ability to do you know the the, the actual ability to do the wrestling part of it the athleticism like the, it's off the charts better today yeah i mean if you applied the you know the rules of wrestling in the 80s to today no one back then would enjoy what's going on today just because guys would get fired if, yeah. like in 1986 if they went on like a, a a house show and did the types of matches they do today they'd be fired as soon as they got to the back right especially <laughs> like because they would have just exposed the wrestling business <laughs> <laughs> but overall as a wrestling product just you can't deny that today's wrestling is just it's just a better product overall people might i mean people the athleticism. on those the, athle right. the athleticism work rate part of it yes okay so that one goes to today work rate goes to today promos promos brian malonis i have to say today's promos there's some good stuff out there occasionally <laughs> <laughs> Let me argue for today's promos, Brian. Okay. <laughs> there's some good stuff. I mean, there's a team of writers, Brian. There's 25 guys who put together these promos. All these brains, all these minds going onto the page. And then they hand that page to a wrestler and he reads it. So it has to be good, right? 
<laughs> you would think. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, some of it is, like, but it's all in the delivery of it, and and I think, it, and I can and I can tell you that that doesn't happen in Ring of Honor. Like that's a WWE thing. Yeah, I, I can't speak for Impact, but that's I mean that's like a W. When you think of like that script writing and all that stuff, like I mean we've I've done promos and things for Ring of Honor, and I've never been handed a script. I've been handed an outline, I've been given an idea, but I've never been handed a script written by a Hollywood writer and said, "Hey, you need to recite this exactly how it, how it's written here." Elias and Kevin Owens, I did see that. I saw a clip online this past week on SmackDown, I believe where Elias was in the ring. They're not on SmackDown. They're on Raw? Yes. <laughs> okay. So they were talking about they're in Seattle, and they mentioned how the Seattle Supersonics moved, which is news to me. And Still a big Sean Kemp fan. <laughs> <laughs> they got booed out of the building and just booed for minutes straight, and you could tell that the two of them were improvising. I think Kevin Owens gets a lot of leeway when it comes to what he says in the ring. And that was a moment, and I mean, I'm not sure how much of that was scripted, uh, probably a good portion of it was, but those two guys pulled it off, and that was an intriguing, that was a, a captivating moment, a captivating promo. Yeah, I think I think it, a lot of that probably depends on who you are, where you are in the car, yeah. how much money have you made for them, and a lot of that is... if. It's one of those things, like if you're going to, if somebody, especially WWE, they give you something, they tell you to do it this way, and you don't agree with it, and then you go against what they tell you, you better hit a freaking home run, because if you don't, you might lose your job, or, right. or at least be put on the bench for a little bit. And a guy like Cena, obviously, he is not being told to go out there, read this line by line. He's a guy who feeds off what the crowd is doing. He might have an idea. He might be given a good idea of what he's to say, but he's a guy that I, I would assume goes out there and feels it out there more than these scripted guys. Yeah, and I mean, there's another, another I think, I think secret ingredient you're sort of missing, Mike, here that's not present today that was, you know, was back then in our childhood. Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper, ladies and gentlemen. Hulk Hogan, the <laughs> warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Tough to <laughs> tough to beat <laughs> tough to beat that. Uh, yeah, the promos of yesterday. There's just. Do you think it's just the amount of wrestling today where it's hard to nail down great promos, and there was so much less back then, especially you know televised, that these great promos pop up. You know, every once in a while, and we, we see them, we love them, but there's just so much today that stuff gets lost in the shuffle. No, I don't think so. I think it's one, when somebody's writing something that, you know, they like word for word feel like that, it loses some of the authenticity. I, I think the best promos always kind of come from the heart and always have a some shred of realism or truth in them. You know, when I think about think about like Dusty Rhodes's promos and you know what you think of some of the, his like the hard times promo or whatever like Dusty Rhodes wasn't going through hard times or whatever, but he was able to capture that emotion of like if he you know when what they they really did hurt him and he was out of work and whatever there was a shred of truth in there there was a shred of realism to that like he was able to use current events that were going on and weave this tale like um or when he you captivated think, the nation <laughs> it, it where's it sounds like even like some of randy savage's like crazy crazy promos like you could tell like they came from the heart like you like he was talking about 
being like the best. He's better than Hulk Hogan, and this even like I'm mean, I'm even talking about Randy Savage like before like babyface turn and then he'll turn again to feud with Hogan. I'm talking about when he was like Intercontinental Champion and like talking about Hogan all the time and talking about being better than him. I believe that Randy Savage believed that at that point he was better and he was really saying that there was a shred of truth in that. And I think those are always the better promos. And the promos they are again, they're much more sterile. I don't think they come from the heart as much. What about that Christopher Daniels promo? Uh, not too long ago, right before he won the ROH title, I believe. Where that last week before, you know, they went to the pay per view and he spoke from the heart. And I mean, you know, like you said, no scripts in ROH. Great promo. Yeah, because it was real. Right. <laughs> like I think I think there needs to be more of that. It's it's funny. For all the realism and all like the I don't like hokey bullshit in pro wrestling, a lot of people lose that when it comes to the promo piece of it. So it's so funny. You got the action, like they're willing to kill themselves, you know, bumping on the floor and God knows where else. But then they cut these promos and they're very sterile and generic and nobody's truly speaking from the heart. And I don't mean shooting, that there's a difference between shooting and speaking from the heart. But think about it. If you narrowed down the great promos of the past and you looked like, say, uh, would it be past the 90s, I guess? The promos of today. Is it really that disproportionate, the amount of great promos from the past that you can recall to the amount of great promos from the more recent times? Um, yeah, I, 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 th- I just I think it is. I, I, I mean, I, again, they just most of them, I will say, with rare occasion, you know, I, I think most of them today, again, they just have a more sterile feel to them, a more generic feel to them, where uh, some of this, too, is maybe guys not knowing their characters as well as, as some of when you think of some of the great promo men back in the day. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's no shortage of shit promos. We we have, <laughs> we have been doing this for two years running where we have been able to find all these promos from the past that are just dog shit. That's one coming up. <laughs> <laughs> there is. But I think without a doubt, I mean, there's nobody who you can point to. I mean, I mean, you talk about the best talkers in wrestling. Is there anybody in the last, you know, like the last like five or ten years that would make your best talkers list, best promo men list? Punk? Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. And he's he's a guy who spoke from the heart. Yeah. He had a sense of realism when, when he spoke. It didn't feel like he was just talking about a – like it, it, felt, it felt real. I mean, I'm trying to – do the best I can with uh, you know the promos of today, and like I said, there are some great bright spots, but the sanitized scripted promos—it's just hard to get past a lot of times. And you know, like you said, promos of the past, so many uh, great ones to recall, and like you said, they came from the heart. Guys who knew who they were because they weren't handed a script, they weren't handed a character. I'll, I'll give you guys who, and we can leave it. We we can leave it here, and I'll give you somebody who, who to me, uh, it's actually a team. To me, they just cut unbelievable promos because I truly believe them, and they they are so believable, and they come through the screen. Godwins, <laughs> they don't wrestle today, Mike. Oh, okay, uh, the Briscoe brothers. Yes, like their promos are so damn good because they are like they are real. Like they are like that's like. There's no doubt in your mind when you're watching those guys talk. Like that is who they are, and, and like they're talking about kicking the shit out of somebody. That's exactly what they're gonna do. I saw a great <laughs> promo from them just this weekend. They're down in Mexico apparently, and they said they have a three point plan. It's cabezas, pesos, y cervezas. So they're gonna <laughs> cabezas. They're gonna kick their heads in. They're gonna make that money, get those pesos, and they're gonna have some beer. 
the cervezas. And did you doubt any of that for one no. single solitary <laughs> second? And I, and I, and I think it comes across that I, I really mean this. Like, go watch Briscoe Brother promos. Like, they're they're outstanding. But you're still gonna kick their asses, right? Of course, we're gonna kick their ass. I want to. I want to get to the. I want to get to where they are. All right, so we're gonna go with yesterday for promos. So I think we're. Four for today and four for yesterday. So heading into our final category, category nine, where we talk about entertainment value overall. Today's wrestling, the wrestling from the past. I'm going to fall on the wrestling of the past. (laughs) The wrestling I grew up with, Brian Malonis. To be fair, Mike. Yes? You don't watch wrestling today. (laughs) (laughs) But come on. Hulk Hogan. You're with me on that, right? Hulk Hogan. I'm saying the magic words to you. you. You're talking about the GOAT. The greatest of all time. (laughs) Yes. Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage. We talked about that. That was the number one feud drafted. But you literally just sat here and talked about the excitement level of the matches being more being more exciting today, and it's a high, high, more high risk, more high flying. I, I think I think the entertainment value is uh, just from that, just from like that work rate piece that we talked about. Our, we already said like the work rate far out, out ex, you know, far outdoes. What am I trying to say here, Mike? Far exceeds. Thank you. Yes. Um, you know that of the past. Um, but we also talked about characters. Characters we gave to yesterday, and you combine the wrestling match with the character, and the characters of the past we talked about above and beyond what's going on today, and that whole package makes a more entertaining product than what's going on today. But here's the other the other piece, Mike, and in the, in the and then we talked about characters and why they're a little tougher to sustain nowadays, and that is because of the of the availability of people to interact with their favorite wrestlers. And to me, that actually adds to the entertainment value of wrestling, because now you can interact and be entertained by these performers twenty four seven. You can inter- I mean think think about. Um, you know Xavier Woods from the New Day, or you think about the being the elite. You get to watch the you get to watch the Bullet Club on Ring of Honor. You get to watch and see them in New Japan. Then you get to watch their YouTube show. The entertainment value just keeps going. It's around the clock entertainment, and you have access to these guys, and you, and you see them in these different situations that you'd never be able to see them in before. So you can, can actually get fully consumed, like all the time with it. I don't really want to see a lot of these guys on Twitter, especially, you know, they're misspelling things. They have views sometimes that shouldn't be shared in public, especially the the stuff that goes against their wrestling characters. And I don't want to know that, you know, Liv Morgan changed her hair color. That doesn't add any entertainment value to me. I'm surprised you even know who Liv Morgan is. Well, she's the one. I mean, we've avoided the subject with uh, the whole Brie Bella thing and oh, Liv yeah. Morgan. <laughs> We're the last people in the world to talk about that, so let's just... Skip over it. Yeah, let's skip over it. But <laughs> knowing all this stuff about wrestlers today, that takes away from it for me. That takes away from... I mean, we talked about the mystique. That takes away from the mystique. That's you, though. The people of today do want access. They do want... Because... If if you weren't doing it in wrestling, wrestling is a form of entertainment. It's in the entertainment industry. It's not in the sports industry. It's in the entertainment industry. So if pro wrestlers didn't do that out of some ancient code of kayfabe and protecting the business or whatever, you know, somebody from past generations would would get very upset about. 
then they would fall behind other forms of entertainment because other forms of entertainment, you get access to the celebrities. You get to see what they do in their off time. You get, and people want to know that stuff. And I think it helps create more interest. And, and, and I'll, I'll point to this today. <laughs> Look at the television deals that WWE just got. Look at the overall health of the business. Look about the fact that Ring of Honor, which was, you know, shows that we had, uh, done, you know, you had done refereeing. I had done some extra work, or even just attended. We're being attended by what four or five hundred people, you know, how many years ago? And now they've sold out Madison Square Garden. You know, I, I think, I think the proof is in the pudding when it comes to the fact that the entertainment value today is off the charts. The people today just don't appreciate it. Well, you talked about you know, the TV deal. They had the TV deal with NBC, which is a bigger station than Fox. Back in the 80s, they had Saturday Night's Main Event, which got absolutely positively huge ratings. Back in the day, I sound like our current president. So huge, huge ratings all over the place. But I mean, if we want to throw down the Trump card right now, speaking of Trump, Tommaso Ciampa, if you're talking about social media, that is a throwback. There's a guy that keeps up kayfabe on his uh, Twitter account, and that adds entertainment value. I'll say that adds entertainment value only because he keeps the kayfabe of old. So I say the stuff from yesterday that he's trying to bring back, that's more entertaining to me. You, you don't think there's some realism in that with Tommaso on his Twitter account, knowing Tommaso for 15 years now? <laughs> it blurs the line. A twinge. A twi- it blurs the line. It doesn't completely step over the line like a lot of the stuff you see on social media today. Yeah, but before before he became this character, he was having a lot of success, and he was doing all the other stuff. <laughs> How can you say you grew up with a Hulk Hogan shirt <laughs> on your back seven days a week, 24 hours a day? How can you say that you weren't more entertained as a child watching Hulk Hogan, your absolute favorite, than today's wrestling. As a child, yes, I was more entertained than like. But just the again, if I was a kid today, I'd be just as obsessed, probably more so. And I, I would get nothing done because all I'd be doing is watching wrestling because I could consume it twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three sixty five. I didn't have to wait for Saturday mornings. I didn't have to wait for Monday nights. I could watch it anytime I wanted to. And talking about social media, you talk about how these people want to you know, learn all these things about the wrestlers behind the scenes. It just tends to make them more angry and upset <laughs> and want to get off Twitter and want to stop watching wrestling. <laughs> so we've decided what the problem is with wrestling. It's the fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. kidding, we love you all as <laughs> listeners to the Wrestling I'm Podcast kidding, about nothing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I, again, I think when you're talking about overall entertainment value in the pro wrestling industry, I think, I think right now, today, it is at its height. Ratings at a record low. But again, you're looking at you're looking at it through like a very very narrow scope. You're talking about how many channels were there, how many other things were, were wrestling competing with when they were pulling those ratings. Also, too, if they had a compelling product, then they'd get more ratings. <laughs> but but you also couldn't read the results the next day uh, online, or it, it's a completely different world, and the way people consume things is completely different. Different, also, also, not better. Also. <laughs> Also, too, WWE probably spoils their own their own ratings because the very like that night on YouTube they put all the fucking most important clips online for you just to go watch. So you can go watch Raw in thirty minutes, just watching the clips. You're supposed to be arguing for today's wrestling, and you're talking about all the stuff they're doing wrong. 
<laughs> I but, but I I'm just saying that you're talking. I'm just saying the reason for the ratings. But but I'm talking about pro wrestling, the pro wrestling industry as a whole. Right now, when we were growing up, it was just what was being force fed to us, and I like that, and you like that, and yes. that's what we fell in love with. But today, the people can choose anything they want, and they can choose a little bit of everything, and that's what adds to the overall entertainment value of pro wrestling. It's not just WWE, and that and that's what you're driving at. WWE, WWE, WWE. There's a lot more out there, my friend, and I'm part of a lot of, a lot of different stuff uh-huh. that's not WWE. Um, um, and you know what? It's pretty fucking good. How can you say today's wrestling, the wrestling that got you into professional wrestling, made you want to be a pro wrestler? Because I live in the present, not in the past, Mike. Do you? <laughs> At times. All right, so how are we going to come to a consensus here for entertainment value? You're going to f- cave in just like you did on the Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not going to be another Kurgan. This is not going to be another Kurgan. We're going with yesterday's wrestling, the wrestling of the past, the most entertaining pro wrestling on the planet every time, all time. You think that's going to work with me? You think that you've known me for 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 17, 18 years now? You can't cave on this one friggin' thing. <laughs> Have you ever seen me cave on anything ever? <laughs> <laughs> no matter how trivial or minute it is. What? <laughs> if anything, I'll just dig my heels. And I'm just being casual about it. I'm just going to dig my heels in. I'm like, it's just like, all right, well, I'm here. Go ahead. I'm 400 pounds. Move me. <laughs> well, I'm digging in too. I'm not budging. <laughs> so we're just going to sit here all goddamn night. <laughs> And no, no, you're, no, you're not. I'm going to physically throw you out because my ass is tired. So, so where do we go? Where do we go from here then? What's I, going on? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we should have brought Prime Fury on again. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of thing where we, we do a three man. He's a little busy right now. Yeah, we should have. We should have a third man. His knees are knocking right now. He's <laughs> a little nervous. <laughs> well, maybe maybe he can chime in on Twitter. Maybe everyone could chime in on Twitter. Mike Mills, Brian Fury, Steven. Whoever. Everybody out there, yeah. let us know at the WPA. Are you going to put up a Twitter. poll or something? Yeah, I'll put up a poll. Why not? <laughs> what do you think about that? Oh, my voice goes up really high when <laughs> yeah, I talk about polls deal? for yeah, some what reason. What's the deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, entertainment value. What is the most entertaining product? Is the wrestling of today, the wrestling of the past? Give us your feedback at the WPAN on Twitter. Let us know. We'll put up the poll or just you know tweet at me. I'm at Crocsox. He is at Brian Malonis. Are you with me? For yesterday's wrestling, are you with Brian Malonis for the wrestling of today? You know what the most important thing is, Mike? What's that? I wrestled today. I didn't wrestle yesterday. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. Use the hashtag I, 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 I'm the thing that puts it over the top. You are? Yeah, me. You're in trouble then. <laughs> hashtag WPAN. Get in on it. Let us know what you think. What is the most entertaining wrestling to you? How about you call the voicemail line? Let us know that way. 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Let us know what you think on the voicemail line as well. And uh, speaking of Mike Mills, you mentioned him a couple minutes ago. Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast. Check him out. Uh, There's not going to be a lot of talk about today's product. I think we know where he falls (laughs) in this debate. I think so, too. So Sundays and Thursdays, they talk about all that old wrestling stuff, the Smoky Mountain, the old uh, NWA World Championship Wrestling. So check out MikeMills.Podbean.com to find all of his podcasts and enjoy Booking the Territory, the other old school wrestling podcast that we endorse wholeheartedly is our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast with joe Morata and michael quinn i think they'll probably be on the side of the old school wrestling as well but uh don't let that uh detract you right kingpin 
No, go ahead. Check it out. OVPpodcast.com for more on our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast. And uh, greetings from Allentown with PW. PW, the fat shamer. <laughs> Peter Winson. Uh, check him out. He talks about one single episode of wrestling television each and every week, puts his own special spin on it, and is a very, very entertaining show. Greetings from Allentown. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, Sal, all the rest over there. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. A ton of stuff going on all week long, so make sure to subscribe to that one and enjoy. It is time for this week's promo about nothing, Brian. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and give me the dates. Yeah, Mike, this Friday night, I will be in Baltimore, Maryland for Ring of Honor's Glory by Honor. It'll be the Bouncers, the Kingpin Brian Malonis, and the Beer City Bruiser taking on the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, the Briscoe Brothers in a non-title match, and... Mike, if we're able to pull out a victory in here, you never know what may happen for Mm. us down the line. Two days later, I'll be heading back to the city of brotherly love, the city that told me to lose some weight. (laughs) (laughs) Pieces of shit. Whoa! (laughs) Trash people doing trash things. Oh my goodness, you're all (laughs) over the fans this week. I love you guys. They told me to lose some weight in Philly. Screw them. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love Philly. Um, Philly will always hold a special place in my, my wrestling and ring of honor history. That's where me and the bruiser came together. It's ah. very nice. But uh, we'll be coming together again for Ring of Honor's international TV taping at the 2300 Arena, the former ECW Arena. That'll be on for Ring of Honor TV, Friday night for Honor Club. But either way, go to ROHwrestling.com to sign up for Honor Club and to get tickets if you're in the area or, or if you just want to take a road trip uh, down to these uh, great events. Uh, they will both be great, I guarantee it. And then, Mike... October the 20th, a Saturday, I'm hosting a pro wrestling seminar from 11 to 3 with Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Yes. That's for experienced wrestlers, six months at least, experience and up. Atlantic Pro Wrestling has, uh, again, ind- allowed me to do this seminar. And not only that, there's going to be opportunities to be on their event later that night, including two tryout matches. Ooh. I'm going to get to pick participants for two tryout matches from my seminar to perform on the show later that night how cool is that are you ready to deal with that kind of responsibility yes of course okay anybody wants to slip me an extra couple bucks Ah. (laughs) and speaking of the show that night i'll also be performing on the show that night uh main event of course um yeah i think it will be i'm in the gilbonk battle royal which is the main event so yes i am main eventing of course Uh, (laughs) so Check out AtlanticProWrestling.com for full ticket and card information. We won't talk about what I'm doing on the 21st, Mike. We'll just move on to October the 26th. Chaotic Wrestling returns to Woburn, Massachusetts, and so do I! (laughs) (laughs) I can't match your... uh, Today! (laughs) Yeah, your silliness, but go to ChaoticWrestling.com for full ticket and card information. All right, if you want to book the Kingpin, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on the Twitter at Brian Malonis. Promo about nothing, Brian, the year 1990. He's still, it's still the old school, the wrestling we grew up with. And it's the World Wrestling Federation, the wrestling. Well, one of us was a child at this point. Oh. <laughs> High school. The wrestling we grew up with, WWF. Let's listen to a man who's the eighth wonder of the world. Oh, no. (laughs) He is Andre Pugliant. This week's promo about nothing. 
the Wire Rumble. Teddy Mans in the ring. And Billy Ritt and you should remember that. I know what it is. I was there before. I don't care who's going to be there. Earthquake. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Legend of Doom. <laughs> Easy. But remember one thing. 30 guys in the ring, and I will be the last one in that ring. I promise you that. Yeah. Short and sweet. <laughs> short. Well, I don't know how sweet it is. If there, there was, and I think I've used this joke before, but it's been a while, so I'll recycle it again. If there were if there were subtitles at the bottom of this, like telling us what he was saying, there's a good 10-second portion of that promo that would say inaudible. <laughs> <laughs> and he promises us that he wants to be the last one in the ring. Not that he is going to be the last one in the ring, but he promises you that he wants to be. I'm sure every battle royal you win, you promise yourself that you're going to be the last one in the ring. Yeah. It doesn't always happen. Yeah, I, I recently promised myself that I want to win Mega Millions. <laughs> <laughs> it happens on occasion. Yeah, <laughs> not, not to us. It's a very, it's a very responsible promise by Andre the Giant. Very nice of him to do that. Uh, his laugh. He is. <laughs> I will say a heel laugh Hall of Famer. Nothing wrong with that. No. He's a good laugher, but he's not a good talker. <laughs> he is not. Uh, for all the good and, and, the, and obviously the lasting impact that Andre the Giant made on the pro wrestling industry, uh, it was not because of his promos. And of course, wearing the Kramer shirt, as he did in his <laughs> later days. I know. We should have. Maybe we should have gone Andre the Giant as Kramer. <laughs> there you go. That was one of my picks. So this promo was for the Royal Rumble 1991. Andre promised himself he wanted to be there. But he wasn't there. I was going to say, I don't remember Andre being in that, like, around in, in that Royal Rumble. Now you know why? Was, was he hurt? He died three years earlier, right after WrestleMania 3. Remember? <laughs> Hulk Hogan said so. I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He died right afterwards. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. So Andre the Giant, yeah. Uh, Thank God he had Bobby the Brain Heenan do a lot of talking for him in his later days, but not a guy you want to hand a microphone. I mean, of course, there's a language barrier. He's uh, from France, Grenoble in the French Alps, but not a guy you want to have in a microphone for an extended period of time. And thankfully, no, I don't, this is short I, and sweet, like I, I said. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think a lot of thought went into his promos. I don't really think he cared all that. But, but, but the, all the Under the Giant promos I've seen, especially from this era, I truthfully think he just didn't give a shit about what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> they probably asked him, do a promo for the Rumble. He said, the Royal Rumble? Ha ha. I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. All right. We'll be back right here next Monday for episode 130 of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Till then. He is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mako, and thanks for nothing. Your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, <laughs> some editing involved in the product. <laughs>